Live from the rooftop of the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, it's the St. Louis Realtor Podcast with your host, Adam Cruz. All right, well, welcome to this week's podcast. Today is January the 20th, all day today. And what we're going to talk about is the kind of the mind of the recruit. I've got Trey Malicote in the office here. You might remember him from podcast number two or three. Say hi, Trey. Hey, how are you today? And of course, we always have our faithful producer, Joey Vosovich, sitting in the podcast studios here at the Herman London Real Estate Group. Thanks, as always, for being here, Joey. So Trey and I just got over a day, a long day, really, of meeting with lots of different people who are interested in joining the Herman London Real Estate Group or potentially, I guess, at least we're interested in them joining the Herman London Real Estate Group. You know, we're trying to grow our office in the Illinois side, so you'll hear us talk about some things related to that. And uh, basically, we had four meetings. We had a day of four different meetings. Each one of them was probably about an hour and a half. So um, I was just going to go and kind of give a little quick overview of each person. And just as a disclosure, we are using fake names here because we would never want to talk about someone, you know, and give their actual identity out. Um, These recruiting meetings that we have are private and confidential, but um, so is that all right, Trey? Do you mind if I just jump right in? Yeah, I think we should. Okay, so first of all, we had a meeting with a girl named Paige, or a girl that we're going to call Paige, and we met her at a restaurant, and she is a person who is, um, I guess she's been working for different types of people. She worked for a big property manager in town, managing residential and commercial properties. She's worked for a real estate company in town that did a lot of foreclosures and um, kind of that you know kind of ran around town trying to organize them. And now she's working for a huge international commercial brokerage, kind of uh, having what she would probably define as sort of a small role, right? She is kind of sitting in her cubicle and being underutilized, right? She talked several times about how she's constantly trying to ask her boss for more work, okay? And uh, then after that, we met with a lovely woman named Tammy. And she's from the Illinois side of things. We have our office over there in kind of the Columbia Dupo area. She's someone who used to be self-proclaimed, used to be a superstar powerhouse realtor. And she, I guess, used to sell a lot of properties. And then she had some personal things go on in her life. She's been dealing with that for a few years. And now she's kind of ready to be back, right? Is that where you'd say she is? Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then after that, we met with a beautiful girl named Brittany, who um, actually just had an experience working with one of our realtors. She bought her first home, and she, I guess, has sort of in the back of her mind for the last 10 years or so considered real estate. But through this process of working with our realtor, having an incredible experience, it's kind of lit the fire under her to reconsider this real estate thing, right? So we've got the sort of a real estate newbie in that case. And then lastly, we met with a guy named Charlie. And so he is kind of your steady Eddie, right? He's been in the business for about 10 years now. He's done lots of different types of deals, you know, whether it's commercial or land or residential or multifamily or investment or rehabs or whatever, he's done it all. And he's he seems like a really good guy, actually. So that when I say it out like that, we've got the kind of extremely experienced but under but but hasn't given herself a shot yet right kind of like young rising star 
we've got the had a ton of experience, has had a lot of success, but then she's needing to kind of reinvent herself, I guess, rebrand herself or whatever. And then we have the brand new person who's just kind of an eager learner and wants to get into the business. And then last we've got Charlie, who's kind of the steady Eddie, been in it a while. And, you know, the first part of the meeting was kind of like, so why are we here kind of thing, right? Because he's happy doing what he's doing, but we wanted to meet with him because we think he has potential to get better. Would you Would you agree with all that? I would. And, you know, it's interesting, Adam, because as I look back on the day, there's a common theme that I think can translate to a conversation about recruiting in real estate. And, and when you look at real estate agents across the board, there are so many frustrated agents that aren't really doing a good job. And then there's a handful of agents in any community that's really rocking it. And we know we have a lot of those folks that are rocking it because we recruit and train and surround ourselves with really great people. But one of the general observations about all four of these folks is that we had four conversations that were all about each of these people making some decisions to really own their life. So let me drive that down for just a minute, if I may. So let's take uh, Paige, for instance. Paige, from my perspective, is one of those people, and I'm wondering if, if somebody in the audience might be the same person. You work your butt off. You're always doing something for someone else. You do a great job, and you're always looking back, realizing that you made a ton of money for somebody else. And the question I wanted to ask Paige was, why are you so interested in making other people money when you could step into real estate, own your life, own your success, and become so successful that you don't even know how the world has shifted, Right. So I think for her, it's a you know sometimes we get ourselves in a position where we're we're really really skilled and we're making other people money, but we don't really understand why that is. And I think that that she's going to be really successful if she can step into a place where she finally says, "I'm going to take the leap to make money and to be successful on my own." Because she has what she has the entrepreneurial mindset, right? She has the skill set, right? What is she missing? You know, I, th- I think, and I see this a lot with people that we're recruiting, it really comes down to having that confidence. See, here's the funny thing. We believe that we can trust somebody that's just giving us a paycheck. We believe that that paycheck gives us some security in our lives. But in fact, what it really comes down to is how invested are you in your own career? So what she needs to hear is get off the pot, start fishing, cut and bait, do something, but own your career fully because she has the potential to make money for other people or she has the potential to make money for herself. So I think it's about a decision. And who are you or when are you going to get to a point where you say, I'm going to make money for me in order to have the life that I dream of, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think the exciting thing for her, you know, I got kind of focused on different things with each of these different meetings that we had. To me, the exciting thing for her is that, well, first of all, she's used to having the steady income. She's used to the salary, right? She likes the security of that, which we see that with a lot of people. She likes the security of that. And the first thing that I think about when I meet with someone who really needs that security is, let's let's have you do a little bit of property management. Absolutely. Right? Let's get you managing 10 or 15 properties or so and basically replacing that salary, that guaranteed income, you know, my fingers are quoting in the air here, that you're used to, which would allow you the freedom, the flexibility to go out and either sell real estate with the rest of your time or she can do a rehab or she can, uh, you know, teach classes about working out or whatever she wants to teach. Right. 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 So, so you think her big thing is just kind of overcoming her fear for herself. 
Yeah, I think it's really ultimately coming face-to-face with how powerful she can really be. And, you know, when you really get right down to it, for her, I'm looking at her, I'm saying, she is the whole package. She's articulate. She was an attractive young lady. She was very skilled. She's got a knowledge base. And what I want to do is reach into her guts and say, come on, let's find the real you. And that real you will show up so powerfully that once she gets to a point that she's excited about who that person is and that power, she will own her career in a really dynamic way. It will be, if we can help Paige make that decision, it will be exciting and powerful to watch her kind of grow into that right absolutely to to this sort of you know i I guess she's in a position now where she has great ideas but she's not always heard or she she has suggestions on how things could be better but they don't always change right right and that's kind of the cool thing about real estate and that's cool i guess especially at our company is that she will have the power to make decisions and make choices about how she can improve on things and she can improve on them for her own business and she can go out there and grow through that. Exactly, right. Now, you know, the pitfall, too, about somebody like her is that if she continues to stay in that environment where she's underappreciated, underutilized, and really doesn't have a purpose that's driving to something bigger and greater than herself, then she's going to whittle away every day at her own self-esteem. Now, I don't know how many people might be listening, but I know there are people out there every day that say, I could be something bigger and greater, but their self-esteem has been whittled away to the degree that they don't know what to do. So our job with her is simply to do what we do with every agent, give them the tools, the training, and the resources along with a vote of confidence from you and I and some of the rest of the folks on the team to say we know you can do this and then we need to hold her accountable because she's going to be one we can push hard and she will find great success now let me appreciate it yeah I think she will appreciate it now let me jump to the second gal Tammy you know now, wasn't she was the one that has kind of taken a hit in her life? She's had, yeah, some kind had of a some, personal trauma, some difficulties, and you know. But but here's what's interesting: I I think she's also taken some some emotional hits by working for someone who has operated from a scarcity paradigm. That uh, whomever she's worked with before has beaten her down and made her feel insignificant, despite the fact that she was a rock star. So how do we get her to the point where she's feeling significant and doing great work? Well, I, I got to slow you down a little bit. Okay. If I might, first of all, can I jump, can I jump back and then yeah. jump forward to this? I want to know again about Paige that, can you say something more about the person who, cause she's underutilized at work. Right. And you're saying that at first, I guess that gave her confidence to say, damn, I'm good at my job. I'm awesome at this. I'm getting everything that I'm supposed to do in a week. I'm getting it done in one day. This is great. Right. But you're saying at some point, what what happened? Like, why does that hurt her confidence? Now? Well, I think if we work in an environment where we're underutilized, what we do is we become complacent. We allow our skills to stagnate. And then what we do is, is as our skills are stagnating, we begin to feel less significant in the world. And ultimately, we all have a skill set and a gift that we're we're – entitled to bring to the world right so by her being underutilized she goes home at night and she feels like she hasn't fit that she hasn't succeeded well that day okay and a repeated number of failed feelings every day makes you feel less significant right okay okay so every day she goes home and she's like uh, how, how was your day honey uh, it's all right i it's didn't really do sucked. much i didn't do much did a little online shopping you right. know whatever right. Checked my Facebook 85 times. That's right. Okay. And you you know what's interesting? Think about the number of people that are actually being underutilized in some aspect of their lives. They're not showing up fully wherever they are. And you can't continue to show up halfway and feel full. 
Is there a difference between being underutilized and being underappreciated? I think it's. I think they go hand in hand. Underutilization is an employer that's really not very smart. That employer is looking at an asset that they're spending an enormous amount of money on. That employee, and to have an underutilized employee, you might as well just throw a hundred dollar bill and say, "Go pee this away. Go waste this money." Right? Okay. But undervalued is a confidence hit. And so on a daily basis, every day she feels undervalued, she's going to begin to believe that lack of value. Because in some way she's taking it to say, I can't do it. They, they, they don't, don't want me to me, do more because I'm not good enough to do it. That's right. So she's actually believing a message that she hasn't created. So what's the difference in if she would come and sell real estate or be a property manager here? Well, the difference is that she's driving it every day, and ultimately it comes down to one thing, total and profound responsibility. Are you the person that's going to get out of bed every day, set your course, work your plan, and make some money? Or are you going to find somebody to blame? Okay, so if she was here, she's selling real estate, she comes in one day, she goes, hey, I've got this great new plan on how I'm going to get some new business, or I'm going to connect with people. And since we're not going to say, no, get back in your cubicle and do nothing, she she's going to actually get to do it. Then she'll be able to see the success in it yep. and she'll feel good in herself. And then everyone else will tell her she did a great job. And right. And it's kind of an ongoing cycle like that. Yeah. And I think one success breeds another success. And ultimately the most successful realtors who are the ones who start small and grow big. And I don't care what that big looks like, but they're the ones that take the steps to be successful on a daily basis because it's really about harnessing big mode. You know what big mo is Adam? Nope. Harnessing Big Mo is what I call momentum. And once you get momentum <laughs> flowing in your business, right? Okay. You got to harness that gal. You got to ride that horse. But once you're riding Big Mo, then you better hang on because it's one of those things that starts slowly. But once you hit your stride, then all of a sudden you just have business flying out the woodwork at you. And here's what I know about real estate real estate is not about who knows the most about the market, it's about who can be most trusted and who is going to acknowledge and respect and give their clients an experience that is going to rock their socks off. And that's what we want her to do is become so good with clients that they have so much momentum with her. They're talking about her business as well. And she knows what to do. She She's, does. She knows so much. To, she has done so much in property management and working with different type of real estate agents and real estate deals and all that. She knows exactly what to do. She just kind of has to believe in herself, I guess, or take a leap at some point. Yep. It's really simple, isn't it? Because if she can get to a point where she simply says, I deserve the kind of success I've made for other people, mm -hmm. she'll launch herself into a meteoric rise. Okay. And that's exciting. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Well, I know she's going to join us, and I just can't wait for her to get in the loop with us. Okay, well, that sort of leads me into a point that sort of, I guess, related to two of the other people that we met with today, Tammy and Charlie, because both of them are coming from the Illinois side. Both of them, one one of them is really sort of bothered by this, the, would you say she's bothered by the extreme success of a couple real power agents over there? Right. And right. so it, it was interesting for me talking to her and kind of hearing her perspective about them. But then in our later meeting, talking to Charlie, and he brought up those same agents, mm -hmm. right? And, and he brought up the agent who was in his, his current office to quit after he was basically trying to get too much help from her. Right. And so... I guess that made me think in my head here, you know, what is success, right? And because, and I know we're kind of jumping all around and put on your seatbelts if you're listening tonight, because when Trey and I get in a room, you know, it, it can be hard to follow. But 
Charlie was talking about an agent that he, when he was a brand new agent in his office over there, um, he asked this lady a lot of questions and eventually she was so annoyed because she was so focused on me, 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 me. She didn't want to take the time to help him that she quit. Right. Right. And I was thinking, well, you know, well, she's probably not going to be successful. And then I thought, well, maybe she is. Maybe she's because a lot of the really big power agents are about me, me, me. Right. And even if this lady is really successful in business and maybe making a lot of money, that doesn't mean she's going to be successful how we define it in terms of having like the full balanced life, the happiness and all that kind of thing. Right. So this lady who didn't want to help Charlie because she was too busy focused on her, she might be making a ton of cash right now, but I guess our perspective is that doesn't mean she's happy. Right. I don't think it means she's happy at all. But the other thing that kind of struck me about both of these people you're talking about is that they both referenced big players in their market. Mm -hmm. And what I find so interesting is if you're if you're metricing, if you're measuring, if you're baseline, I don't know how to best say that, but if you're using the biggest players in a market to define your ability to be successful in that market, then that bigger player is always going to win. Let me tell you what I mean. It's okay. just like if you throw three or four dogs together in a house, right? You put four dogs together, guess what they're all going to do? One's going to walk around and it's going to wet on something in one corner. Another one's going to wet on something else. Another one's going to, you know, they're going to mark their territory. Excuse me for being crude, but that's sure. just how animals are. And real estate agents are no different. The big players are marking their territory all the time with the hopes of having the smaller players, the underdogs, cower down and get scared. But here's what I know. Sometimes it's the little dog in the crowd that can bark the loudest and can actually be the most kind, the most connected, the most nurturing, the most uh, the, the best pet in the mix. Mm -hmm. What we want to do with these folks is to get them to a point where they're not even measuring against these big players because those big players are deliberately intimidating them. You know, I'm thinking about the lunch we had. Sorry, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I'm thinking about the lunch we had a couple of weeks ago. And we sat with the, the guy, and he basically said, I need to be a perceived as a big player in the game, right? And if you want to be perceived as a big player, then show up as a big player. Uh -huh. But I don't need to know who the other big players are for me to show up big. So I want these two to know that if they join us, they're going to get the tools and the training and the resources, but we're also going to hold them accountable to being big players because ultimately you have a choice. You can play small or you can play big. And Tammy can be successful, as successful as she wants, right? Does, does that mean that she needs a billboard and moving trucks with a Absolutely picture on them not. and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. She doesn't necessarily – she probably doesn't even necessarily want what those other two agents have if she was able to get a full picture of their life. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, so what does Tammy need to, you know, what is the, uh, what are the top couple things preventing Tammy from getting rich? Well, I think first and foremost, the first thing she needs to do is stop looking at the competition that has moving vans and free iPods and all that other crap. That's nothing more than what we saw in the 1950s banks giving away free toasters. Uh -huh. Well, you know what? You can make some bread, but that's not going to make your life that much better. Okay. So she needs to stop looking at all that stuff. And by the way, those two agents that she mentioned are not the only ones doing deals, no. obviously. Otherwise, our agent, Kathy, would not even have an office over She'd there. She'd be starving. Yeah. So I think that's the first thing she needs to do. The second thing she needs to do is she needs to get back to the basics and understand that the business of real estate is about one thing. It's about relationships. How do we treat people and how do people feel through the experience? And if she can leverage herself to be really, really fantastic and give clients the best experience, that will niche her into the market differently. 
And then I think the third thing she needs to do is get in this process of getting back to the basics. It's realizing that people do not care what you know. They know when you care. People do not do business with real estate brokerage firms like big brands. The days of a brand having credibility are over. What they want is to find somebody that's got their best interest at heart, can negotiate well to get the best price for their home, or if it's a buy or sell, whatever it is, and in a culture that treats people right. And I think that's where we've got the win with both these folks. Okay. So so Tammy just... She just needs to kind of get out there and do what she already knows. Yeah, she's already been a rock star. Is she a great case of she knows what to do, she just doesn't quite know yet why she's like getting in her own way type of thing? Yeah, I think that's part of it. But I also think that she has strategically been beaten down. You know, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant for just a second, but it's so interesting because if you look at competition in real estate, it really is about how the dogs are marking the territory. And those of us that are smaller dogs in the mix need to stop looking at those bigger dogs, and we have to simply show up and be really, really great with customers. That's what's amazing about this chick. She was really, really great until she had this problem in her mm-hmm. own personal life. You know what? We can reclaim great. So we're going to reach into her gut. We're going to pull out that, that greatness, and we're going to help her realize she doesn't need anybody in the market to tell her otherwise because she's got to believe it within herself. It was interesting just sitting with her. I was very comfortable sitting and talking to her. Absolutely. She was very nice. So, okay, so we just have to kind of help her kind of get her own confidence back. Yeah, we got to get her sea legs back. It was was interesting also because some people want extreme accountability. Some people like like Charlie, who we met with, was kind of like, you're not going to be bothering me now, are you? You know, right? Tammy wants it, man. She wants you to call her every day or she wants Kathy to call her every day and say, what are you doing? Get up. Make some calls. Get out there. Go to lunch. What are you doing? Right. You know, I think we all have a – I think we – innately we have a need for accountability but i also think accountability is very nerve-wracking because it's it's somebody else that we've given permission to to speak into our lives okay and what i think is interesting is if we collectively just as a community i know i'm sounding like a baptist preacher right now but if we were able to hold each other accountable to how great we really are then we step into a much more powerful place it's just like you and i you know we hang out we have a beer we talk about life you hold me accountable to being better i hold you accountable to being better and that's what will make all of these agents more successful and will tammy need that forever or will she need that until she starts kind of seeing more successes in herself and starting to i think she probably will have a three to six month trajectory until she finds her sea legs really well uh you know really stable and then once she realizes that she's been giving her power away because that's ultimately the decision she's going to come to uh, uh, an awareness awareness about then once she realizes she is really powerful she's going to look at both of us and say thanks it's been nice hanging out with you just get out of my way i'll see you when i see you and she'll be with us forever and then eventually maybe she'll keep growing and growing and growing and kind of hit a yep a line and then she'll need some more accountability yeah. right and, or a bigger team or any number of resources that we can provide for her okay well, that'll be that'll be really interesting to watch her grow because I think she is going to join us, and so it'll it'll be interesting to watch her path. And hopefully, we'll well, I guess obviously we will be involved in helping her make the right decisions she needs to make and stay motivated and kind of stay on the right path of getting her confidence back up and doing what she does best. Right, just get out there and 
provide for her family. That's right. Which now, is, let me important. add a thought to you about the about Charlie though, and and it did kind of strike me oddly too about his aversion to, and I wouldn't say it's necessarily an aversion, but he he wanted to know if we were his exact words were, "Do you have a quota?" Uh-huh. Right. And what I think is interesting is that's an old school model to hold all of these, you know, these great big brands have all these agents and they're all hold to, held to a productivity uh, standard. And those days are coming to the to be a thing of the past. Right. What he wants is accountability and support. What he doesn't want is saying, have you sold another home to pad my pocket? Right. Right. And I think what I love most about the way you do things, Adam, is at Herman London, it is about mutual success. And frankly, I think that's a model for new business in in today's market, mutual success, where everybody who's invested makes some money in the game, and it's all fair and equitable. Do you think that, you know, Charlie asked us at one point, he said, well, do you guys have floor duty? Right. And I was, you know... Kind of, I answered the question and said we don't really have floor duty, but we, you know, the whole teach a man to fish thing. We'd rather help our agents learn how to fish themselves. You know, I didn't. I said it a little more eloquently than that, but do you think it was open to the idea that hey, maybe if I do things a little bit differently, like my life can be easier, I can have more business, make more money than I am making now, and may, maybe I don't have to go sit in an office and hope that somebody calls me, kind of thing. Was he I, open to the idea of change? In yeah, your I, th- I think he was. I hope he's open to the idea of change. But it is interesting, and I'm not speaking about him specifically. People tend to enjoy complacency if it's comfortable. Okay. You know, to leap into a new opportunity, and I think this is a generalization about people and how we motivate ourselves, but we would much rather be delightfully mediocre than we would rather be – really excellent at what we do and i'm not talking about him but how do we how do we find people that are delightfully mediocre but have just that extra three degrees that they're willing to invest in the game that you know that just that little bit extra that says but i want more out of life mm-hmm. i think though people don't want more out of life because they don't know they can have more out of life we talk about that a lot right like kind of what 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 did you say like their capacity to understand we talk about people who were like, oh, you want to make 100K? That's great. But they've never seen anyone make that much money, so they right. don't have a – what do you if call it? they that? don't have a reference point. They don't have a reference point. They don't know what point. that right. is, right? So Charlie, I guess, has been at the same real estate company for his entire 10-year career. Right. And he probably doesn't really realize that most of his business, from what we can tell from our hour and a half or so with him, most of his business is coming from referrals. Right. He's not counting on His those. own referrals. His own personal referrals. Yeah. His friends, his family, his whatever, calling him and – wanting to buy or sell, and he doesn't realize how unimportant that floor time is to him. That's exactly right. But here's the thing. That floor time is this great big safety blanket. And you know what? When it comes to being an entrepreneur, we all have our safety blankets. Okay. We're just like Linus. We're going to drag it around and make sure it keeps us safe, right? But the truth of the matter is he's wasting an enormous amount of time, three, four, five hours in a given day, sitting, waiting for somebody to come to him. And here's the thing. That's not how business is built. Business is built by going to the customer, by engaging with the community, by saying, this is what I can do for you, and by posturing yourself as the the answer to their pain and to their problems. And the minute he learns that, his business is going to explode. But see, herein lies the standard that we've all come to believe that we have to play small. Why is he doing that? He's sitting there. He's scheduling showings for... Other agents are not at his own listings or whatever. Why, why is he 
doing floor time? I guess in the beginning they just required it, and so he's used to it, you think, or what? I, th- I think it really comes down to that safety blanket thing. He thinks that's what's generating his business. In fact, we tweaked his head today when I said, well, that's interesting. Of the last three or four deals you've had, they've all been direct sphere referrals. He got in the car, and he said, oh, my God, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. And he'll walk in tomorrow and say, good God, I think I'm actually doing my business. And he's not the type – He the type of deals that he's capable of doing are probably, I'm assuming, not the type that he's probably going to get on a floor call no. off a listing that they have or whatever. I mean, this guy is capable of doing really big land deals, really big commercial type of deals. Yeah. Well, this one, wasn't he talking about, was like 700 bills or something? Yeah. 700K, I think. So, so why is he taking floor time hoping to find a, a buyer that wants to buy a house? That's not – I mean, he can do it because he can do anything, right? But Well, ultimately, I think for him, what we've got to do is teach him how to fish. And frankly, I think if we come up with a very strategic way for him to engage his sphere – and really keep the conversation going, then he will have more success than he can imagine. When I, you know, he asked me how is he going to get leads at our company, and I and I didn't just say here it is A, B, and C, and I said honestly we have to make a bigger plan for you. Mm-hmm. Every one of our agents gets leads in a different way. You know, we we like to treat everyone a little bit differently because they all like to work a little bit differently. Do you think that made sense to him, or did it sound like just kind of a? No, I think it made sense. I I think, though, with him, we're going to have to give him step A, step B, step C, and then hold him accountable to it because he he's relied on one model. And uh-huh. what we found at Herman London, as you well know, because you've created it, there are lots of different ways to, to climb this tree. Mm-hmm. And we climb that tree, and we do all sorts of things each in our own individual unique way. So if we can look ba- help him look back and realize how much of his business – has come from friends, family, past clients, referrals, that type of thing, then he'll be more open to the idea of of making a plan that helps more of his future business come from that. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's it shouldn't be too hard for him to, you know, change a few things that he's doing or even just tap into some of our systems that, that we do for our agents and he's gonna start getting that kind of business anyway. I think so. Yeah. And he can stop spending however many hours a week he's doing sitting at um there's like acting as an admin person basically that's right that's right well you know let me let me add one thought to that too you know we always undervalue our time if you look at what you're doing on a daily basis how much time do you actually spend doing high value activities that drive your business to success Mm -hmm. right four hours of floor is not a high value activity you know, sending a personal note to 100 people that are in your sphere influence, that is a high-value activity. And I think what we all collectively have to do is think about where we want to go and what are those high-value activities that we've got to employ in order to get to where we want to go. And then do them. And anything that distracts from that, we're wasting money. We're wasting time. Now, you have the choice. If you want to spit away a, a chunk of time just for the giggles of it, then do that. That's your prerogative. But most of us give enormous amounts of time away because we don't value our time, right? Right. And what would be interesting with him is the day he looks at himself and he says, every single hour I have is worth something, he'll make different decisions. Okay. Right? All right. Now, we sort of skipped over Brittany. Brittany, oh, I loved her. Brittany is the person who just bought a house with one of our realtors, had a great experience, and now she's thinking it's all about Herman London for me. I want to be a realtor. I want to do this thing. Right. 
She's in an interesting position, though, Trey, because she is making a lot of money now. She is making big money. She's making great money. It sounds like she's got a really good job. She's doing what she loves. Mm-hmm. She's making great money. Why, why do you think that she wants to be a realtor? Well, I think, uh, you know, and this goes back to one of my bigger philosophies about us having four basic needs. We have the need to be known. We have the need to be loved. We have the need to be accepted. And we have the need to play a role of significance in our lives. Okay. And I really think what her issue is is that she's done the same thing for so many years, and it's led to a certain amount of success. And she's measured that based on some goals and some things that she wanted to accomplish. But I think she's done all that now. And I think she's right on the ledge saying, I now want to leap into me. I want to leap into what the opportunities are for my career fully. And frankly, you know, she's dabbled with this idea for 10 years. You know, she mentioned that she'd already been to school 10 years Mm -hmm. ago, right? But somewhere along the way, life said now's not the right time. And I think now she's saying now's the right time. Let's run. So is this this is kind of along the same lines of what we've been saying about what is success. And for her, it's not just the fact that she's got a good salary that can probably easily support her and her husband's right lifestyle right right but for for she wants more yeah and ultimately if she can have more by driving it herself you know i think that that people that ultimately lean into their entrepreneurial spirit realize that they can make so much more actually it's not about making more money that's a byproduct but it's about having freedom of time and money like you say mm-hmm. why don't you talk a little bit about that what does that mean for you to be free of time and money well when i first started my coaching with you you know you talked about the why right and right. i think what is that what you call it the yeah. why mm-hmm. is that what you call it yeah the I why say, how, do you, how do you want your life to look and feel how do you, you want you your life know. to look and feel okay which is which is basically like what is my why you know and and I remember this. You made me go and you made me write it all down. How do I want my life to look and feel? How do I want my life to look and feel? And I spent hours on this. I made this huge document and I came back and you said, all right, spend some more time on it. Right. Right. And ultimately my big thing is I want freedom of time and money. Right. And that, what that does mean to me is that I want to be able to enjoy my life and do the things that I like to do. Freedom of time and freedom of money means that I don't want to have to be constantly, either a worrying about money and, and I don't want to have to, um, I don't want to have to make decisions just based upon money, you know? And I, I like the concept of freedom of time and money because it's going to give me the ability to live this full kind of life that I want to live. Yeah. Right. You know what I love about that concept is that that applies to all of us. If we were to simply say, I want to live my life with freedom of time and money, Mm -hmm. right? then that means not that you have to make an enormous amount of money. Sure, you can if that's what you'd like. Right. But it's the ability to go into a restaurant and order anything you want off the menu. It doesn't matter if it's an Applebee's. You're still able to go in and order whatever you yeah. want, right? That's freedom of money. Freedom of time is being able to direct your schedule, to sleep until 10 in the morning if you want to, to take a weekend off, to have a sense of balance and health and, and ritual and and just a good, clean way of living. And, and you know, when you cl- claim that power, then all of a sudden your home relationships get better and your relationships with your kids and the, the way you show up. And you go from being somebody that's a drone to society to being somebody that influences the world in a powerful way. And that's what I like about you because, you know what, let's face it, we're not getting rich in the real estate business. 
but we're making a nice amount of money that allows us to make a difference in people's lives and give them great experiences with their homes. I, you know, I believe that we are getting rich. Again, I have my fingers up yeah. for my quotations. Rich in terms of a full, balanced, Absolutely. purposeful, driven life. You know, not rich in terms of I drive a Lamborghini and I wear a six thousand dollar watch and I have a you know mansion here and a mansion in Paris and a mansion in Aspen or whatever. Because would I like those things? I guess probably you know, but I don't necessarily need those things. Right. And, I, and I'm very happy with the lifestyle I have. And when I say freedom of time and money, to me that means. Freedom of money, you know, within kind of the the lifestyle or maybe a little bit better than what I'm currently living. Right. That doesn't mean something as ridiculous as someone who is probably living or coming from that scarcity mindset. Someone, if I said I want freedom of time of money to someone who's living in the scarcity mindset, they would think that means, oh, you just want to be able to buy 10 Lamborghinis? And yeah. no, that's not what I'm trying to say. Guy. Not at all. Okay. Go back to your cubicle. That's not what I'm trying to say at all. Right. All right. I want to be able to enjoy my life and do the things I like to do, you know, and, and kind of have and sort of maintain a fun and reasonable lifestyle. Absolutely. So what we're going to need to do with Brittany is we're going to have to show her that she can move from a corporate environment into an environment of entrepreneurship. And in so doing, that's going to require her to find her sense of confidence but ultimately, she's going to have to craft the plan for success for herself. Okay, but Brittany is really involved socially, right? It sounds like she goes to a church or something like that. She's yep. got like an, a sorority group that she was involved in. She's got all these different groups of friends. What if Brittany keeps her day job mm -hmm. and she does real estate at night? And let's say that she did that, which is what she's going to probably have to do for a while anyway, right, to re right. if she wants to replace that really great income she has. What would keeping her day job and having being a realtor at night, what would that do for her identity for herself or her identity within the, these different circles of friends that it sounds like she has and she's respected in? Well, I think it's going to do a couple of things. And, and frankly, that's how I would suggest she do it. She needs to maintain her current position and then, you know, maybe back off to it through a three-quarter time and then down to a half time, whatever it may be. It's about balancing and and. When she hits her stride, though, what's going to happen is she's going to feel more confident in who she is as a human being, and then all of her peers in these respective groups are going to notice something that's slightly different with her. And what will happen is people will start saying, I, you just look different, or what have you changed, or how's your life different? And that's when internally she'll say, I made a shift. I finally started to own my power. And here's the interesting thing, Adam. People are attracted to people who own their own power. And so she actually will have people coming out of the woodwork saying, I'd like to work with you. I want your career to be successful. And then if she does it right, she will build a client base, and she'll also be able to serve and encourage them to do the same things. I know that she can be successful if she wants it. You know, I guess I was, I was just kind of curious of how her friends – her friends will look at her differently and. And most likely with more respect, I guess. Or I would think so. Because she shows up now as this amazing woman, great personality, all these talents. and But she's probably not feeling – She may, maybe she doesn't have that kind of that glow or whatever because right. she's excited about her life. Right. So this new excitement about her life will probably turn some of her friends on and maybe turn some of them off, right? It could. But, you know, I really think that – that like attracts like. You know, that's a universal principle. And so the people in her life that are enthusiastic, that are excited, will be attracted to the likeness. Okay. Those people that look at her as a threat will 
exit from her life, which in effect will make her life better because they will no longer be dragging her down a negative path. And frankly, she's going to see a rise in her sense of confidence. Her, she doesn't have children, but if she did have children, her children would respect her differently. Her personal relationship at home is going to, you know, she even commented about her boyfriend being willing to do anything to make her dreams come true. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. She's lined up for great success. We just have to shove her off the cliff so that she knows in a good way that there's a safety okay. net. In a right? good way. Woo. Yeah, we don't want to kill her. But she knows that she's got a safety net of tools and training and resources and a great culture and a great community of people. And that we're going to help her step into that power fully. Woo. All right. Well, I got to tell you, Trey, I could probably sit here and talk to you for another 42 minutes or another hour and 42 minutes or another 42 days because I just like talking to you. But maybe we should wrap it up. Well, Adam, I got to tell you, thanks for hanging out with me tonight. And I agree. I I like to chat as well with you. So let me offer one final thought. Okay, Please do. And and this is just for, for anybody in the real estate business or interested in getting in the real estate business. If you are willing to own yourself fully and take total responsibility while at the same time lining up with a group like Herman London. You know, I've said before, that's what I love about your business because you've created a community of like-minded people that are encouraging and supporting and growing towards success. So if you, in the, in the market, if you feel like you've got that sense of confidence and you want to take a mighty leap, I celebrate what you've done here at Herman London, and I would invite other folks in the community to think about it. Real estate is a great career, and even if you're feeling frustrated, defeated, and deflated, maybe you need a dose of Adam Cruz and the Herman London team to get yourself right in the place you need to feel really great about life because it's really about freedom of the time and money, I believe. That's perfect, and I have all sorts of closing remarks, but I'm just going to leave it at that. So I like people to be left with that powerful message. So we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, Adam. Thank you, Trey.